Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts, and as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts, and here on Maroon Friday, and man, isn't it wonderful that we live in a country that we can celebrate Maroon Friday as we choose. I am uh, actually sporting a uh, signature maroon t-shirt and uh, and those famous maroon kicks. Love the Chuck Taylors, man. I'm almost exclusively Chuck Taylors these days. Almost. Almost. Got some new boots I'm pretty proud of. Might make their Davis Wade Stadium debut tomorrow. Considering it's going to be cold tomorrow. Going to be a little chilly tomorrow. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. That's kind of an old guy move. You know what I'm saying? It's like I remember being a younger man and not worrying about the weather at all. But it is a rainy, gloomy, gray day here in Stark Vegas. Uh, the rain chances have kind of moved around a little bit, but it is supposed to rain most of the day here. I know you didn't turn in for a weather report, but it's going to rain pretty much all evening and night and into the morning hours and then kind of clearing from there. But it is supposed to be chilly. It's going to be damp and chilly and uh, cloudy. So if you're looking for a Chamber of Commerce quality day in Stark Vegas... That won't happen tomorrow, but what will happen tomorrow is Mississippi State football returns to Davis Wade Stadium. Eager to be back out there, eager to get a win. And, you know, I'll tell you this, I know there are many of you guys saying, well, you know, it's it's homecoming and it's an FCS team we're playing. You know, to be honest with you, I'm just ready to see Mississippi State beat up on somebody. You know how Arkansas was really fun? You were able to kind of just kind of sit back and enjoy the game because it was over pretty early. I want to see that happen on Saturday. I want Mississippi State to come out there and beat on somebody. I, I don't really care who the opponent is at this point. It has been a frustrating season for everybody. I want State to go ahead and win that ball game, take the next step to five and six, go ahead and start getting ready for battle for the golden egg. But tomorrow we're not playing Ole Miss. We've been playing Ole Miss on the message boards and then social media for six months or so, you know. But tomorrow it's about taking on Abilene Christian. And uh, I have transcribed those press conferences, watched the Abilene Christian stuff. And, you know, it's the final game of the season for them. They're not going to participate in the FCS playoffs. They were eliminated last weekend. And so now they have an opportunity to basically play out the string. And they're excited about coming to Davis Wade Stadium and playing in the SEC. But you kind of get that they're here as tourists. And they know it. The main objective for Mississippi State is to win the ball game. The second one is to escape the game without any major injuries. Very, very short week for Mississippi State. We'll turn around and play all miss on Thursday. To be honest with you, unlike many of you, I'm kind of eager to get them back up here. We've known for some time that our bowl chances were going to depend on the egg bowl. So if it's going down, let's go ahead and get it over with. That's how I feel. Let's line up and play the game. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I was there last night. Had a, another great experience. Had the Lauren again. I'm sorry, Bryant. I almost pulled the trigger and went with the Bryant Burger, but I went back with the Lauren. We had, uh, you know, had my kids with me, went out there and... Uh, visited with them and you know I've got a couple of college girls now it seems like the only time that I can get to visit with them is when I promise to feed them and so they picked Bulldog Burger Company we went and had a great time a great time had the spring rolls as you as everybody should 
Just a great time. Saturday in that corner, saw uh, saw Coach Brad Peterson and his family. His lovely wife celebrating a birthday yesterday at Bulldog Burger Company. Saw Coach Chris Marv and his wife and uh, and their their new child. And so it's not just uh, you know a place that uh, the tourists go. It's it's a local place. We love breaking bread there at Bulldog Burger Company. I encourage you to go by, find your own favorites. Dan, the man, my nephew, back in action up there from time to time. Go by and see him. Say hello. Bulldog Burger Company now with two locations to serve you, one in Starkville and now Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, a place where people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. So uh, before we get into football, let's talk a little basketball because we had two basketball games yesterday, and you know what? We want them both. We want them both. We're going to have another basketball game today as Mississippi State will take on Villanova. So Mississippi State takes down Tulane yesterday, 80-66. to 66, And I had shared with you guys on Monday show, Wednesday show, you know, Tulane's undefeated. You know, they were undefeated. They, they played three games at home. They hadn't played quality competition. But I, but I will uh, submit to you, I, I thought Tulane played pretty well at times. I, I can see them kind of making a little racket up there in the AAC. I mean, I, I know it's kind of Memphis and everybody else. But, uh, but, you know, Tulane, you know, they had a couple of guys that could shoot it. Big ball game for Muller, uh, Iverson Molinar yesterday. Career high 21 points, led Mississippi State in scoring. One of the things that I am so relieved about when it comes to men's basketball, you know, we know Nick Willis going to be here in five games. Five games down, five to go. He even tweeted as such, eager to see him back on the court. But the silver lining from all this has been the fact that Iverson Molinar is getting a chance to play early. And what I'm grateful about is that there have been so many players in basketball, and really, I mean, in every sport, but it seems like in basketball because one guy can make such a huge difference. You know what I'm saying? It's like you get one one major recruiting class, you can turn your basketball program around in one year. It's a little more complicated in baseball and football, especially football. But Iverson Molinar is as good, if not better, than advertised. Because we heard in the preseason, well, you know, this Molinar kid's really good. And he is. He is really good. And I believe that he is going to, he and Reggie Stewart are going to end up being, uh, pardon me, DJ Stewart are going to be the face of this program as Reggie Perry uh, moves on. Excited about this year, but I'm also excited about the fact that it appears that we're on a little more solid footing now as a men's basketball program. This is an exciting team. I've shared that with you guys on the show a couple times. It is a little different. There have been some times when the Ben Howland era has been a bit boring, even in wins. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but we haven't always been a very, you know, electric team. You know, we've been kind of a blue-collar team that will go out there and, you know, kind of grind you down and win ball games. And listen, those wins count just as much, okay? I, I don't need some style points. But, you know, the dunks and the blocks and, you know, the high-flying fast breaks, all that stuff is what puts people in the stands, Another big thing yesterday, I don't, know, I don't know if you noticed this, but Tyson Carter, according to the box score, pulled down 11 rebounds. 11. <laughs> he was kind of the joke, uh, it was kind of the butt of some jokes, some friendly banner about rebounding. Paul Jones wrote an article about State's rebounding effort for us earlier this week and about what a good job State was doing on the glass. And people and Reggie Perry kind of laughed. Well, you know, not, not Tyson. And then Tyson apparently responds to that criticism. And Tyson's a guy, too. You know, defenses have kind of been shading his way, and he's been somewhat absent in the scoring column, but still playing well. I'm a Tyson Carter guy, man. I think Tyson's great. Tyson has 16 points and 11 rebounds. 
according to the box score. I, I didn't count them all. That's a pretty solid day. Reggie Perry, another big game, really shot it well. Just in 21 minutes of action, Reggie Perry, 7 of 8, 2 of 2 from the three-point line, hits a couple free throws. Got to get better with that, Reggie. Got to get better, and you know it. Uh, pulls down five rebounds and uh, fouls out of the ball game, two assists, four turnovers, a couple steals, 18 points. It's part of the deal. Robert Woodard, again, big minutes again, leads the team in minutes, 35 minutes, uh, two of six from the floor, knocks down a three, makes both of his free throws. Thank you very much, Robert. Pulls down four boards, a couple fouls, a couple turnovers, a block, seven points. He's not going to fill the stat line up every game, but, man, he's going to give you a great effort on both ends of the floor. Abdul will do, again, 26 minutes of, uh, of play out there. And, again, he, he's never going to be a volume scorer for us. If he is, it's because he's just dominated some people off the glass and had a bunch of putbacks. But nine rebounds. Nine rebounds and really impacted a lot of shots. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there is the, uh, the SEC Network tweeted out a clip of yesterday where uh, we yanked down a rebound, get it up the floor. I don't even know that the ball hit the floor. And uh, Robert Woodard with an alley-oop pass to uh, Prince Aduro, who might have had his best game in a Mississippi State uniform in just eight minutes of action yesterday. Perfect from the field, perfect from the line, pulls down three rebounds, gets six points, and has that electrifying uh, dunk to kind of get the, uh, the limited crowd somewhat on their feet. But again, a good win. Uh, you know, I think Keyshawn Fussell had to block to, to kind of start that, that, that run there. The, uh, the, the men will be in action today and uh, take on Villanova. Now, this is a good test for Mississippi State. This is, you know, we, we feel really good about where we stand right now. It's 5-0. A little bit later today, we're going to take on Villanova. Villanova, I think, ranked 15th in the country. This is a chance for us to kind of see if we're legit or not. You know, we have played some teams that are going to compete in their league. We have not faced anybody with the talent that we're going to see today. So this is a good barometer for how things look. If we want to go out there and be treated with some respect nationally, this is a game you got to play well and win or lose. you got to go out there and show up. I think the point spreads around seven points. You know, hey, you win this ball game, automatically you got some credibility. You go out there and you get beat by 25, you know what? There are going to be a lot more tweets from the media about how sparse the crowd is at the Humphrey Coliseum for men's basketball. There are going to be a lot of those discussions, but I don't understand why we don't support it. And I'll be honest with you, it's because a lot of people are on the fence. There's a lot of competition for your entertainment dollar these days. Netflix is more popular than ever. There's the SEC network, the app, and all that kind of stuff, and you can watch the game from home. I get it. But there's nothing like being there. But, you know, if you go out and win a game like this or you're competitive and show that, you know, hey, this is a legitimate team, people are going to come. And so you don't need to give anybody an excuse. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to give anybody an excuse to say, you know what, I think I'll just stay home. you got to make them feel like, you know what, I'm being part of something. The team needs me to be there. The team needs my voice. When, when times get tough or opponents have the ball, they need us to, to create a great environment. I want to give a hat tip to our students. I always love the, the students. I, I am a big proponent 
of the students. And I, and I really think we need to find a way to get them closer to the floor. And I think to get them closer to the action because they're, they're the tone setters in Mississippi State basketball, men's and women's. Students, as you go, so do we. And so we're not going to have a bunch of students this weekend, but we're going to have an opportunity, obviously, to be back um, in town for Louisiana Tech. And those of you that are in the, in the area, we encourage you to come out. It's going to be a 7 p.m. tip. But you're going to get get a chance to watch MSU men on TV Friday and Sunday on ESPNU. And my hope is we can go up there and win the whole shoot match. But above all, I want to play, and I want us to continue to trend in the right direction. Because, you know, once we get through this weekend, there will be just three games left before Nick Wetherspoon returns. We'll play Louisiana Tech without Nick. We'll play Kansas State at, at the uh, Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey against without Nick. And then we'll take on Radford Wednesday, December 18th without Nick. And then in Jackson, New Mexico State, that's going to be that's going to be Nick Wetterspoon's return. Should be. That'll be interesting. So hopefully you can come out and uh, and be part of all that. And uh, I I submit to you this is a very very exciting men's basketball team. Very exciting. Well worth your entertainment dollar. Well worth making the drive to start. Well to come see them play. And I, I think by the time we get in a conference play, I think I think you're going to have a really good sense of who this team is and kind of what they're about. And uh, I, I expect us to do a good job this year in the conference tournament. I, I think that we're, we're a team that, that will be in the NCAA tournament. And I, I think with the parity in the league this year, you know, we've got a chance to, to have a really solid year. Look forward uh, to some big days in the hump. I, somebody shared, I guess it was MSU history, and I, and I do follow that account, uh, and I appreciate their acknowledgments of the great days on this day in MSU history. Love that stuff, man. But they, they tweeted out the video of Stansberry uh, getting ejected back in 2004 by Carl Hess against Ole Miss. And it was 6-2, to two, and then Robert Kirby coached us to an absolute blowout of Ole Miss. But I remember, you know, there's all the white shirts, and it's just an electric atmosphere. And, they're not, and I remember bringing my oldest son to those ball games, and I remember we just absolutely could not wait it was an electric atmosphere. I look forward to those days returning to Humphrey Coliseum. On the women's side of things, the ladies went to Jackson last night and took down Jackson State. Ladies now 5-0 in the season. 92-53 winners. Lady Bulldogs win every quarter. 19-11, 26-11, 23-12, 24-19. Just really went out there and wore it out. Uh, Andrew Espinosa Hunter starts in place of Rakia Jackson last night, and both of them, I thought, responded favorably. Rakia Jackson, 13 points off the bench. Andrea Espinosa Hunter with 12. It's her first start of the year. Uh, Maya Taylor, we're beginning to see her grow up right in front of us. She had 11 points last night, five assists, two steals. Jessica Carter continues to be uh, the main attraction. Jessica Carter last night, 21 points, eight rebounds, a pair of blocks. You know, we wondered what life without Tierra would be. I think it's going to be pretty good. And that, that's not to say that uh, we don't miss Tierra because we miss her ferocity down in the pain. You know, she, you, nobody wanted to tangle with her. But I think Jessica Carter is probably a little bit farther along at this point in her development as a shooter, a little softer around the rim. At times, Tierra, because of the fact that she always played with such gusto, would go up a little bit too hard and long and, 
and missed some, some easy shots. She'd missed a bunny sometimes. She got much better at that later in her career. But I think Jessica Carter, somebody that probably understands that. She's, that, that part of her game is kind of already kind of rounded out. Now it's on the defensive end when she can be an imposing force. That's got to be. She's got to be an intimidator. That's one of the things that uh, that we don't have right now with her. That part of her game, I think, is still under development. Last night, too, Chloe Bibby, I don't know if you guys were aware of this, 15 rebounds. 15. to most in her career. Nine of those on the offensive end. That's unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. But anyway, it's a big night. Um, former Mississippi State player Amisha Williams had a double-double, proving again that she's an SEC talent playing in the swag. 20 points, 14 rebounds. Big night for her, and, and, and best of luck to her. You know, it's just like when you know when Jen Salter came and played. You know, nobody thinks any less of those ladies. It's one of the things, there's just not that acrimony about women's basketball. You know, it's like, hey, they, they, they made a contribution. It didn't work out. We wish them the best. We wish them the best. Ladies, uh, you know, again, we're going to score, I think, on just about anybody. Still got to pick it up a little bit on the defensive end. But uh, the ladies now will uh, will get ready to go take on Marquette. That's going to be Monday. So you're going to have Mississippi State sports, I guess, what, five days in a row? I think that's right. So we had, uh, with the doubleheader Thursday, we're going to have the men play today. We're going to have football on Saturday. The men will, the men will play Sunday. Then the women play again on Monday. So plenty to cheer for. And then they'll make that trip from Wisconsin on into Canada uh, for the Greater Victoria Invitational. That that uh, that tournament, very similar in format to what the men are going through now with the, uh, the Myrtle Beach Invitational. You, you know your first opponent and then how the games shake out will determine the, the remaining teams. So the ladies on Thursday will play San Francisco and then Bowling Green or Green Bay, Wisconsin on Friday. And then Saturday with a game and time to be determined. Opponent to be determined, pardon me. So, But that's where we are on that. And, uh, again, I think we feel really good about the direction of things in both programs. I think the women may prove to be a little better than people anticipated. You know, I think we're preseason number 10. We'll continue to kind of move up there. I don't I don't see State getting into a situation where they, they have a losing streak or anything like that. I also don't expect State to win them all. But I think offensively, this ladies' basketball team will probably prove to be better than last year's team. There were times last year we couldn't score from the perimeter. You know, it was one of those things, unless Andriel and, and Tierra kind of took over a game and then all of a sudden you got into some foul trouble or you, you got a bad crew. And that happens a lot in women's basketball where you get somebody that – wouldn't let Tierra play. They'd let her get mugged, but wouldn't let her play. But those days are over because I think you, with Chloe Bibby back to 100%, and I think, uh, you know, Andy's doing a great job. You know, I think she she will be a big-time player down the stretch for Mississippi State. And so when you begin to kind of look at all that, the fact that you can score from outside, you can score from mid-range, you've got Jordan Danbury who can beat people off the dribble and, and drive to the rack, but also, too, you've got that big post presence inside that uh, that's very very important. So this offensive team will make teams defend the full expanses of the floor. Had a chance to uh, to visit one on one with Coach Chris Lamonis yesterday. That Q and A will be up on uh, jeanspage.com next week. It's kind of a uh, you know, kind of a fall recap, kind of a signing day recap. It's kind of looking at kind of a state of the union. Where are we as a program? 
Where are we in relation to last year? How comfortable are you this year compared to where you were a season ago? What are your question marks heading into into the season? And so Chris is always so gracious with his time, always so eager to help, and he sees Mississippi State baseball much like we do. We are a national power. We are a team that is fully committed to baseball. We are a team that funds baseball. We are a team that loves baseball. We are a fan base that is absolutely nuts about Dirty Noble Field uh, and the Diamond Dogs. He sees that. He also understands this is a destination-type job. This is the kind of job that uh, you don't take this job and say, well, you know what, in four or five years, maybe I can go home. You know, this is home now. This is home. These are the kind of jobs that people, you know, when you begin your coaching career, you think, you know what, someday I'd love to coach at a place like Mississippi State. Everybody's got great ballparks in the SEC. Well, that's not necessarily true. Some are much better than others. You know, Tennessee, Missouri, those, and there's some teams in the East that kind of lag behind the rest of the league, but especially in the West. You've got some really good ballparks. you got South Carolina in the East. But all that said, nobody has what we have. And, and there are some discussions that happen from time to time, you know, on social media. It's just like, uh, and you're going to think I'm taking a shot, and I'm really not. But, you know, when Ole Miss built their uh, indoor practice facility for football, and their fans begin to say, oh, it's the greatest IPF in the country. And they had never even seen an IPF. You know, this is a little different deal here. You know, it's like you've got people like, you know, Aaron Fitt and Kendall Rogers and uh, Teddy Cahill, you know, people that cover college baseball for a living. And they, they will tell you that the cathedral that we have built to house our baseball team is the greatest in the country. It's ours. You know, it's one of those things we talked about all the years that we were all fired up about Duty Noble, and, and there was a mystique at Duty Noble Field. I don't feel like we've lost any of that. But I remember coming out there, and we had the left field lounge, and we had all those flags flying. And I tell you, when I saw all that stuff out there blab, flapping in the breeze, and I saw people gathered up out there in these makeshift, you know, rigs, it was home. And I, again, I don't think we've lost the mystique of Dirty Noble Field. We may have lost a little bit of that charm, but we haven't lost our love for Mississippi State baseball. And after spending some time with Coach Lamontis now for, you know, 18 months or so, whatever it is now, I, I am more convinced now than ever that we have the right guy for the job. John Cohen said uh, to me back when all the, when the, the hiring process started, is that we were looking for a generational-type coach. We weren't looking for a stop-gap guy. We weren't looking for a short-term run. We were looking for a generational coach. And that's the thing. When you look at Mississippi State baseball over the years, the Ron Polk years, there was consistency within our program. There was consistency in our performance. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that we had a lot of continuity on staff. You can go back to Coach Paul Gregory. You know, we've had some great coaches here at Mississippi State. And so you begin to look at this thing, and this is the crown jewel of our athletics program. You're not going to just hand the keys of that thing to anybody. And, and I've read sometimes, you know, there, there are these people, the, the detractors of John Cohen and the, the detractors of the Mississippi State administration and say, well, you know, the Andy Canizaro thing was a, was a bad hire. Uh, you're wrong. I don't know that you could be. I don't, I don't know that you could be any more wrong. 
Andy Cannizzaro was a tremendous hire. Among one of the best hires that we've made in a long time. He was the hottest name among assistant coaches in the country. Now, you, if you want to make an argument or criticism and say, well, you know, we probably shouldn't hire an assistant coach. We should probably go get somebody else's head coach. That might be fair. But Andy Catanzaro was considered by baseball insiders as the most aggressive recruiter in the country. Not in the Southeast. Not in the SEC West. Not in the state of Louisiana. In the country. He was respected throughout college baseball is one of the best evaluators of talent in the game. And so we hire him, and he comes in and begins to try to you know, instill some toughness. Mississippi State needed that because, if you, you may recall, we basically uh, pitched the entire second half of the season, the SEC schedule with five pitchers. We had three different position players earn wins in the SEC as pitchers. You f- people forget that. Remember Jake Mangum was our Sunday guy? Do you remember that? Jake Mangum comes in and pitches, beats Ole Miss. You, do you remember this? Remember Blaylock coming in and pitching an extra innings against Alabama on that marathon game that, that lasted like 2 in the morning? And we win the game. Cole Gordon, when they have the big meeting and say, you know what, has any of you guys ever – ever pitched, are you capable of pitching? Because we'd had so many injuries. We had all those Tommy Johns. You remember that? And Cole Gordon said, hey, coach, I'll pitch. And now, now, he's, <laughs> now he's a professional baseball pitcher. And so Gary Henderson and Andy Cannizzaro navigated this program through some very difficult times. Very difficult. We get to the Super Regionals. We went 0-2 at LSU. Probably a couple of pitches away from winning that thing down there. And I, yes, and yes, I know game two got away from us a little bit, but we had we had the lead. But we that was a good hire, and people would say, "Well, you know, yeah, but we had to let him go." You know, listen, there are personal failings that all of us have, but it's not on our resume. When you go fill out a job application, you don't put down here and say, "Well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I'm 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 this or I'm that or whatever." And so, you know, to hang that the responsibility of that on John Cohen, I think is short-sighted, and I think it's just uh, you know, people that are a little bit willfully ignorant. But all of that said, despite as frustrating as that thing was, that run to Omaha with Gary Henderson was a magical moment. Probably the most improbable run to Omaha in our program's history. And then John made kind of an unpopular decision among many that we didn't uh, give the job to Gary Henderson full-time. I think a lot of Gary. Really do. Very grateful to him for what he did in Mississippi State. I think about he and his wife a lot. As you guys know, that they, it, their son Ty you know, had an untimely passing. Very difficult situation. I think about Coach Henderson quite often. And I hope he's doing well. And I hope that at this new stop they have, that they have a tremendous experience and and uh, that Coach Henderson coaches baseball for as long as he wants to and has a great experience doing that. And um, there is a debt of gratitude owed to Gary Henderson. But it was the right decision not to hire Gary. I think hiring Chris Lamonis was absolutely the right. There, we talk about fits a lot. And there's a lot of times people say, well, you know, it was the right fit. You know, this guy wasn't the right fit. This guy was the right fit. 
And I don't know that there's something that you can kind of quantify that with. I, I don't until you kind of get them in the boat. I don't think you realize how good a fit it is. You might think you know, but until you get somebody here, you don't really know. But now that we've had Lamonis for a while, it's obvious he's one of us. He's not a Mississippian by birth. You know, he's not a, a you know, an SEC guy by trade until now. But he's the right fit. He's the right fit socially, culturally. Shares a lot of the same values that we all do. You know, he's got you know family that, that has connections to Mississippi State. But visiting with Chris, he is more convinced than ever, than ever, that Mississippi State is going to win a national championship. And one of his final comments to me yesterday was, we're close. We're, we're, we're really close. And I think getting so close last year, with a team that we expected to get back to Omaha, that's one of the things that sometimes we get there and then it's like it's such an emotional uh, exhale for us. You're like, oh, if we don't win it, because we've been to think, you know, it, it took so much to get there. It's going to be a while before we get back. But we didn't. We went back to back. And, and I think we have an Omaha team this year if the starting pitching holds out. And that's kind of the question for everybody. You know, hey, how good is pitching going to be? We're going to be able to score some runs. I think that our, our lineup, one through nine, despite the fact that we won't have uh, the most prolific hitter in SEC history leading off, is still going to be very, very good. I think I don't think a lot of people want to play Mississippi State this year. They certainly don't want to pitch to us. And so what are we going to get out of Sarantola? What are we going to get out of McLeod? Those guys have Major League Baseball stuff. We kind of know what to expect between JT again, who is healthy. You know, they were careful with him in the fall. And listen, there was no point running him out there in the fall and getting him overextended and putting him in a situation that, uh, you know, put the season in a bit of a tenuous situation. But I'm excited about this team. I'm, I, you know, Hayden Jones uh, has entered the transfer portal. That's unfortunate. But, you know, again, we talk about fits. You know, you know Luke Hancock's done a good job. And you only get a short time in a lot to play baseball. Most of us never get a chance to play beyond the high school level. And a lot of us didn't even make the high school team. But I don't fault Hayden Jones. You know, I, I think Luke Hancock just simply won the job. And now Hayden's got to find somewhere else to go. He's in the transfer portal, and I understand that interest in him is, is, is uh, brisk. There's a lot of people interested in him, and we wish him the best. And appreciate him for his contributions to Mississippi State baseball. Hope that it is a great experience. I hope he looks back on his time here at Mississippi State when he's an old man says, you know what, I got to go to Omaha. And it was great. Mississippi State fans treated me wonderfully. And it was so great to play at Dirty Noble Field and uh, have a chance to do some big things and host a Super Regional. And that I was there when we had the big moment. And speaking of that big moment, Chris Lamonis and I talked about, you know, when, when did you have that moment when the magical Mississippi State moment? And he talks about you know, that super regional win over Stanford. And, you know, we all remember the capper. We all remember Elijah McNamee's big hit. We've watched that on social media, you know, thousands of times. Every time it crosses my timeline, I probably watch it four or five times because I, I want to go back. You know what I'm saying? It's like we – it, it doesn't take much for me to remember those moments. You know, there you know, there are certain songs and, you know, things that happen in your life and you, think, you hear them and you think, man, I remember where I was and I remember how I felt. That's one of those things I don't think any of us will ever forget. And so I remember as he stepped, stepped into the plate, you know, it's one of those things you you kind of really start rooting. I'm, and I'm sure everybody kind of said a bit of a prayer for Elijah Mack to me. You're thinking, man, after all this kid has been through, 
And after all he has meant to us, he's got to get a hit here. He's got to get a hit. I mean, that's the only way that it works out. That's the only way this story should end is with him getting a hit. And what does he do? He hits an absolute bomb to left field. And it's one of those moments, and I think about these things a lot. You know, it's like I remember, uh, you know, the, the Burke Masters Grand Slam against Florida State in the regional. Uh, the Brooks Bryan uh, Robin the home run, you know, against Washington. The, you know, those, those are big plays. Those are moments that I don't know that I'll ever forget. You know, I remember seeing Jody Hurst hit the flag at Southern Miss. That's how long a bomb he hit. And this is one of those, this is one of those generational moments, you know, for our children. And you know, for these guys that were students here, they, they will talk about that moment every time they talk about Mississippi State baseball. Say, so guys, do you remember where you, do you remember when Elijah Magnamy hit the home run against Stanford to send us to Omaha? And then of course it'll grow in grander, you know, over time, you know. You know, we were gonna win the ball game anyway. But man, what a great moment to celebrate together. And Chris said, you know, that it started for him when he took Peyton Plumley out of the ballgame. And uh, if you remember, Peyton gave up an early home run, and everybody kind of sweated it out. And that was kind of the thing with him. You know, in postseason play, he had to give up a home run just to kind of settle down. But Peyton, you know, pitched tremendous for Mississippi State down the stretch. And he had his moment, you know, his final moment at, 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 at Duty Noble. And Lamontis tells him, hey, walk slow, take it all in. And I remember that whenever he left that mound, the, the amount of appreciation – that our fans had for him, for the effort that he put forth that night. And, you know, this is a kid that he, he is a story of redemption, and I will always be a fan of Peyton Plumley. always be a fan of he and his family. And for that matter, for John Cohen, for giving him the opportunity to stay. Because there were a lot of people, you know, when, he, when he, had, he had to miss the year, there were a lot of people that said, you know what, with limited roster spots, uh, we're going to have to move on from you. But we didn't do that. We stuck with him because we knew who he really was. And there's all these, these little moments, you know, that if you ever got caught on your worst day, if you were ever judged on your worst day or your worst mistake, none of us would be very valuable. But Peyton probably made a mistake, and then he comes back, and he has this moment where he is the winning pitcher in the game that sends us to Omaha, Nebraska again. And you forget he wasn't part of that 2018 thing. <clears throat> But Chris says that's when, that's when it all started. And then, of course, you have the Jake come up with the Jake Mangum special, as Chris calls it. Mac hits the bomb, and then Cole Gordon comes out. And you know at that point it, it, it was impossible. I mean, the margin of victory was pretty much assured. And it was a night we'll never forget. And I believe that with Chris Lamontis as our head baseball coach, with especially pulling in these great recruiting classes, because that was one of the things that people said. He's a great baseball mind, but he also understands how to recruit. He understands the value and the scholarship dollar and how to make things work and how to make people feel good about being part of all this. And with our commitment to Duty Noble Field, we're fishing in a lot deeper ponds with a much bigger hook than we used to probably at any point in our history. And I believe we're going to have a lot of moments like we did that night at Duty Noble Field. I want to remind you to Campus Bookmart. That's a longtime sponsor of the show. I will be there Saturday morning from 8 to 12 uh, to sign books. Be there with them and uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Come on out there. I know it's going to be a rainy day. You're going to be probably looking to, uh, to get out of the tailgate and probably find some shelter. Come to Campus Bookmart. Come be with us and uh, look at their fine selection of items. And if you can't make it to town, you can order the book. You can order shirts. You can order whatever you need, maroon and white. 
at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Come by and see Stan the Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. Uh, that, and you listen, I've, one of the things that I've learned about that is if you go on there and you're nice, Susie might even give you a free hug. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just me. I don't think so. I think there's free hugs for everybody if you're nice. If you ask for it, I think you'll get one. Campus Book Mart and a Stark Villigan institution. So let's look at the SEC slate this weekend. I told you it was a busy show today. And I I feel really good. I'll be honest with you. It has been a good week. I think we're going to end the week in pretty good standing, too. I I feel good about Mississippi State today. I absolutely do. So uh, it is a busy day, but it is not a – there's not a lot of games. There's not a – you know, there's not that barn burner game you look at and say, man, this is going to be great. Uh, Western Carolina will visit Alabama. It'll be uh, the Mac Jones show. Mac now the uh, the head – the uh, QB1 in Tuscaloosa. Uh, wish two of the absolute best, but I think it's pretty safe to say that Alabama's position in the FBS playoff is uh, shaky at best. I think be whoever wins that ball game, uh, oh, let's see, I guess it's a Pac-12 championship game. You know, Whoever wins between Oregon and Utah on that side of the bracket, those guys will probably take that playoff spot. I think Alabama's out. I think we all see that. Alabama wins big. Sanford will visit Auburn. And good for Auburn for playing Sanford. Good for them. We played them, and uh, I believe they set it in a uh, Mississippi State record <laughs> for yards in a ball game against us. But, uh, you know, hey, good for Auburn. Keep that money in state. I'm a big fan of that. Auburn will win big. Uh, Georgia hosts Texas, and, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, uh, they have a new coach, but it is the same program. And uh, it is the same deal where uh, the second half of the year does not hit expectations. I don't expect A&M to be able to compete against that Georgia defense. That Georgia defense is elite. Those guys really run to the football. Uh, I think Kellen Mond has a tough day. And, I, you know, I expected that a couple times this year, and he surprised me. And so tip of the cap to you, Kellen. You've had a better year than I anticipated, but uh, there are other days you've made me look really smart. I think this is one of those days that we all look pretty smart because I think Georgia – I think Georgia's feeling it right now. They got a chance to win the whole SEC. They do. I said that at the beginning of the year, and then they lost to South Carolina, and I began to doubt myself, but they can. You look at how it all shakes out now, it's probably going to be Georgia-LSU, and that's going to be a fun game to watch. I can't wait to see it. As a fan of the game, I think it's going to be great. UT Martin at Kentucky. Kentucky will uh, probably get bowl eligible this week. I think that's right, that they should kind of wrap up that this weekend. Uh, East Tennessee State will play at Vanderbilt in probably one of the most irrelevant games in the history of the SEC. It's, you know, it's probably important, again, for Vanderbilt and East Tennessee to play each other and keep the money in state, but uh, that will be a very lightly attended ball game. Arkansas visits LSU, and uh, Arkansas is one of the uh, – I don't know the, the most recent line on that, but when the line popped out and I saw that it was, you know, ridiculous, I think this is the biggest line I've ever seen between two SEC West opponents. LSU wins this thing. LSU is feeling it, man. They are absolutely feeling it, and, and they should – I mentioned Abilene Christian visiting Mississippi State. I expect State to win the game going away. I think it'll be a fun night. I think it'll be a chilly night, be a damp night. Come on out and be a part of it. Tennessee at Missouri. Who knows what's going on with Kelly Bryant? Uh, I'm going to pick Tennessee because I think they're, they're trending in the right direction. They're beginning to kind of figure some things out offensively, and I've always liked that skill group. I think they they run the football well. 
They've got some receivers that are game breakers. Really love Callaway. Love Jawan Jennings. And nobody talks about those guys, and it's because of the fact they're on an average football team. But they're going to win. And I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, Missouri has performed beneath expectations. There were some people that thought they were a dark horse in the SEC East. I don't know that I ever bought any of that. I could kind of talk myself into it. But uh, they have not uh, lived up to their billing. And I, and I think that Missouri probably kind of returns – to the pack in a great way. I don't think anybody will be expecting a whole lot from them next year. Uh, but so, so here's your winners. Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee. I got Tennessee as the only road win this weekend. I think, I think the home teams rule it this weekend, and Tennessee will find a way just because I don't. I think that quarterback situation in Missouri is, is so up and down. You just don't know. Uh, I want to share with you guys, too, I'm going to be on the road this weekend some. As I mentioned, I will be at Campus Bookmark from 8 to 12 tomorrow and then at the Lodge from 1 to 4. Come on out and get books, say hello. I'm going to try to get around and see some folks tailgate between uh, the Lodge and uh, kickoff. I want to get out there and see some. i got some people I want to go see. And then uh, Sunday, I will be at uh, the Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Ridgeland, Mississippi. I think you guys uh, know right where that is. Let me give you the details on that. I believe that's a one to three thing. Let me look here. I'm just, I want to I make sure that you guys get it. Yeah, that's going to be one to three Sunday, Barnes & Noble, Ridgeland, Mississippi. And then next week, I don't have much going early in the week. Uh, so I'll give you that, that schedule next week. So Campus Bookmart 8 to 12 on Saturday, the Lodge 1 to 4. And then on uh, Sunday, 1 to 3, Barnes & Noble and Ridgeland. Come on out and say hello. I, I, I'll share with you too. I never know what to expect when I go on these these book tour dates, and, and you never know. You know some days uh, my publisher provides the books, and some days they're through a bookstore, and some days we do like private signings. And so uh, my friend Sam Denton, had, as soon as the book began, we came out, we start talking about dates. Sam says, "Hey, listen, we'd love for you to come uh, to Ruville, and uh, I've got a friend, I've got a great place, and it's called the Farm." And uh, it's in the farm, short for pharmacy, because the restaurant is in the old pharmacy there on the square and, uh, in Rouville. And I had never been to Rouville. I had been through Rouville on my way to Cleveland, but I had never stopped. And so I go to Rouville, and uh, and they give me kind of a tour of the city. And uh, I go by this place called uh, the Lion's Den, where they have all these uh, taxidermy animals from African safaris. And then I get a chance to go see... Uh, Fannie Lou Hamer uh, stuff out there. And, you know, I had heard some of this, but I did not know that she was from Rouville and she was a big figure figure in the civil rights movement. And uh, kind of her claim to fame is that I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. She was part of the uh, the Freedom Party. Not that I want to get a political here. Uh, but I was very welcome there. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect any of that. And then Mississippi State people came out of the woodwork to buy books. I, I told my publisher, my agent, I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for my friend Sam as kind of as a favor. I don't know what to expect. And the people of Rueville blew me away. It was, to date, one of the, the, the best signings ever. <laughs> uh, great meal, great people. I was so impressed with the farm that I, I told Sam, I said, hey, let me get to the book tour, and I'm going to come back just to come hang out with you guys because it was such a great experience. But I met a guy named Hugh Arant. And Hugh Arant played baseball at Mississippi State in 1970. He was a freshman in 1970. 
He was part of that 71 team that went to Omaha. And I began to kind of think, you know, here he is. He's buying, a, buying one of the books, and uh, we had a chance to talk a little bit about, you know, that 1970 team with Brantley Jones. I've got a full chapter with all that. And I, and I began to think to myself, I am standing in the presence of Mississippi State royalty. I am standing here shaking hands and, and about to break bread and, and talking baseball with one of the first players that was responsible for getting Mississippi State to the College World Series for the first time. Those are the moments that, that I cherish. Those are the things that stay with me. And, I, and while it may be a small thing to them, for them to meet me, it is a big deal for me to meet them. Because as I begin to think about, you know, the next one, and uh, there will be a Starkville ones too. I've already begun to kind of get the outline down. I'm going to sign a contract on that and go ahead and make a commitment to you guys and to everybody else that I'm going to go ahead and write Starkville ones too. And I'm already kind of thinking about Starkville ones three. But I think about these people, and I think about their contributions to Mississippi State, their contributions to our enjoyment, and the, the things, the, the traditions that we hold so near and dear. And their stories need to be documented. Their stories and their words are the things that will sustain us. And there have been so many Mississippi State students, and you know that I love you guys because I have two students of my own that are there as part of this, this fan base and this student body. I had students come up to me and say, hey, I just read Stark Villains, and I couldn't put it down. And I never knew any of these things. And I'm so glad to have learned about Brantley Jones. And I'm so glad to have learned about John Bond. And there are so many of these people that we take for granted, you know, because we live through some of this stuff. And you, and you think everybody has these memories that we all share, but this younger generation doesn't. And I'm so grateful that Frank Carolla, the star of Chapter 2 about the Delta Maroon Barons and about their uh, payload drop at Oxford the day before the Egg Bowl, that Frank is kind of becoming a bit of a star. That people are interested in talking to Frank Carolla, 93-year-old Frank Carolla. But so many people that say, you know what, Steve, I love that story. I'm so glad you got that story. And you know what? I didn't know that story until somebody else came up to me. Someone else came, approached my agent and said, hey, listen, I know Steve is looking for some Egg Bowl stories. I know Steve is looking for some rivalry stories. And I've got an uncle. And you know what? There are other people out there like, like Mark that have an uncle that have a story to tell. And I want to document that story. And listen, I can't use them all. But if you've got a good story, reach out and let me know. There are some people that said, hey, you know what, Steve? This is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. And some of them are really good. But I feel such a drive to document our history from a fan's point of view in the words of the people that lived it, coached it, and breathed it. I think it's important that we document these stories for future generations. I don't know that Frank Carolla's story would ever have fully been known had it not been for... Uh, for his nephew kind of reaching out and saying, you know what, here we go. I think you would like this story. And you know what, I, I, I talked to Everett Kennard, I talked to Stratton Caritasis, I talked to other people and said, hey, do you know this story? Have you heard this story? No, I haven't heard this story. And so there are some more stories out there like that. And I want them. I want to talk to you. I want to know your story. And maybe we can make it, you know, maybe we can find some 
that are worthy of documentation. And I know everybody's story is important to them, but maybe we can find some for the next couple books. And we'll put it out there. Because as I say when I go to these book signings and I have book readings and that sort of stuff, I do not believe that Mississippi State has been fairly represented in the, in the state of Mississippi's literary heritage. And maybe that's our own fault. But I plan to change that as much as I can. So please reach out. Let me know. It's going to be a great weekend. Maybe this weekend is one of those weekends we'll look back one day and say, you know what, man, it was great. I was so glad I was there. So glad I was there. That's going to do it for today. Again, if you're looking to buy the book, you can find it at starkbillingsthebook.com or every great bookstores all over the state of Mississippi. We've got some big events coming up. Going to be in uh, Biloxi soon. Going to be in Huntsville soon. Going to be um, in the Memphis area in January. You know, so we're, we're booking some of these bigger events, and we're going to come out there, and we're going to see you. We're going to bring the book to you. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can find that at starkvillains.com. Get yourself a T-shirt, a hoodie, all that good stuff. But until next time, let's all live our lives and we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.